next on BYU Sports Nation, the two football games that have nothing to do with BYU, yet will determine the Cougars' bowl game opponent. We're two-on-one with BYU freshman defense back Diane Lake. Which teammate he credits for both of his interceptions this season? David Nixon on what BYU football hopes to accomplish as a 30-point favorite against UMass. 30 points? Big deal, no deal. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. This is Radio Vision, and we are live on it. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, November 16th, episode 850 of BYU Sports Nation. 850? What are we going to do to celebrate? I have no idea. Let's eat lunch today. Okay. Good call. We will eat food. Let's eat food. Wherever and however you're <laughs> dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYUSN's Jim Cantori, Jerem Jordan. I might be tonight. It's been amazing weather in Provo, 60s, even up into 70-something yesterday. And uh, it's going to snow tonight. It's going to snow tonight. And what? we're going to put you in the eye of the storm yeah. and have you do That's a where live I'm most report. comfortable because it's calm. If you don't uh, know who say. Jim Cantori is, he's the guy on the Weather Channel that decides to go with a photographer into, like, the worst weather possible. Like, <laughs> if there's a hurricane somewhere, it's like, hey, let's go to the place where the hurricane is. Yeah. Because that's a good idea. Yeah. I've seen Twister, and, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> Even if those tornadoes are on steroids, or in the case of Jim Cantori, hurricanes. Oh, my goodness. He makes a lot of money, and for good reason. I'm sure that, like, uh, what's that? But what's, his insurance policy is also very Yeah, expensive. what's Lloyd's of London? Is that what it is, that, that weird insurance policy place that uh, insures all sorts of random things? Oh, oh, oh I've heard of this. I'm, yeah, sh- yeah. I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure that Jim Cantori is probably included in that. <laughs> High risk. Yeah, yes, to oh, say the least. Cow. Last warmish day of the year, or so it would seem. We're hoping for 50 degrees and sunshine on Saturday for BYU and UMass. Not going to be the case for BYU and Utah State on November 26th when it's 8.15 at night. Yeah, and that's an 8.21 kick. It's an 8.21 It could slide to 8.26. So, yeah. Take a nap. Hey, the last several weeks, they've been in the afternoons. So, enjoy. Can't have them all in the afternoon, right? This week is noon mountain time. What? That's the earliest game BYU's had in a long time. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. We are three days away from that noon kickoff between BYU and UMass. Yesterday, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki said cornerback Diane Lake, Richard freshman, is now starting over senior Michael Davis. We'll go two-on-one with Lake at the bottom of the hour. How about that? Nick Emery was ranked 93rd in ESPN's Top 100 Best NCAA Basketball Players for the 2016-17 season. Here's the thing. I don't think Nick Emery's the best player on BYU's team. Yeah, where's Eric Mika on that list? I think TJ Haas might be the leading scorer this year. We'll see. I, like, I don't know. Going into the season, this was Nick Emery's team. I think there's more balance than we thought. Um, he's the incumbent best returning player, so naturally he gets on the list. But, it, and Nick Emery's really good, but I, I love that there's other guys. It's not clear-cut. It's just fun to have a lot of really good players oh, on the yeah. same team. Plus, what did Yahoo Sports say about the Lone Peak 3? That's coming up. Oh, yes. Wait, the Lone Peak 3? Why do, why? Why, do, why do they get the credit? Because they won a national championship. And they're That's, really they're good. They're top 100. Yeah. If you're top 100, we'll give you some love. Trust me. If you do well, we'll give you some love. 
Jimmer Fredette had 36 points, only 36, and 16 rebounds. 16? But in the first loss of the season for his Shanghai oh, Sharks. Who cares about the loss? Jimmer has now <laughs> dropped under, averaging 40 points a game. What is happening? What a disappointment. I tweeted out a gif. Uh, after. Yeah, he's averaging like 40 a game, and I tweeted the Mulan clip from the very beginning. Now, all of China knows you're here. Good. 16 rebounds is pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. And BYU Women's Hoops plays at Joja tonight in Athens at 7 Eastern. You can listen to that on BYU Radio. The uh, Cougars open the season Friday night, beat UVU by 18 points. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Bowl bidness. BYU football now enjoying the official status of bowl eligible. Granted, the Cougars have known for more than three years that San Diego was the postseason destination in 2016. The only drama there involved was getting to six wins this season, right? Or is there more to the dramatics surrounding this year's Poinsettia Bowl? Prepare to open your minds, BYU Sports Nation. I saw Dr. Strange. Yes. Same idea. BYU is in, but when we're discussing the opponent, therein lies the intrigue. Take, for example, Jerem, what in the world do Western Michigan and Toledo have to do with who BYU plays in the Poinsettia Bowl? Everything, Spencer. Because they factor in. You're right. We'll explain that in just a few minutes. Here's what we know. The president of the San Diego Bowl Game Association, Ted Tolner, told us on BYUSN last week his committee has targeted three and maybe four potential opponents for the Cougars. We believe it'll be a combination of Air Force, Wyoming, San Diego State. You might put Colorado State in there. They have enough games. So it's still wide open there, but it's going to be a good opponent and will make, I think, a heck of a good football game. We are exactly five weeks out from BYU's 12th consecutive bowl game, and we seek your opinions via today's Twitter question. Five weeks out from the Poinsettia Bowl, which Mountain West Conference opponent do you want BYU to face? Who do you want? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Laser Sheep. Donkey Utes on green turf. <laughs> Boise State. What he means is Boise State. <laughs> at Still Team Riley, who's amazingly is Still Team Riley. If we're going to get in the top 25, we need to be the highest ranked team we can. It's got to be Boise State. What if San Diego State beats Boise State? Then San Diego State is in the ranked. Ma- in the Mountain West Conference Championship game. And, th- and that's why it's interesting. You mentioned... Uh, Toledo, Western Michigan. The Mountain West plays into this too, which is interesting. So BYU kind of just sits here. They'll beat UMass. They'll beat a three and seven, or, or sorry, three and eight or four and seven Utah State team next week, and then and then it may, it may even take another week into the Mountain West Conference Championship game to really know who BYU's playing. Okay, BYU fans, who you want depends on two games that, as I just said, have nothing to do with BYU, at least in the immediate involvement. Two games BYU fans should watch very closely in determining who the Cougs will see in San Diego. The first is Toledo at Western Michigan, Friday, November 25th. Why in the world are we watching that game, and how does it factor into who BYU plays? It has everything to do with it, because Western Michigan right now is uh, in the competition for best group of five team, okay? The college football rankings came out last night. And 9-1 Boise State is 20th. Western Michigan undefeated, only other undefeated uh, team that doesn't say roll tide occasionally, uh, 21st. So Boise State is riding its program prestige 
into the ranking ahead of Western Michigan right now. If Boise State wins out, they they go to the Mountain West Conference uh, title game, they win the division, they beat uh, San Diego State, they could be the Group 5 team. Then the second pick could be San Diego State, which is who I want. I think that'd be a quality game. Maybe a two-loss, uh, potentially, San Diego State team, who still plays Wyoming, by the way, but they've locked up that division. Western Michigan could sneak its way in as the Group 5 team, potentially, if maybe Boise State stumbles. We'll see. It's close. Right now, the committee has awarded a one-loss Boise State team ahead of undefeated Mac Western Michigan. Interesting. Street cred matters, people. This is where the human element it's definitely not just factors this year. in. Western Michigan's a new newcomer to the to the game here. The Broncos of Western Michigan, not the Boise State Broncos, have to beat Toledo to be eligible for the Group of Five New Year's Six Bowl bid because and Buffalo this week game day is there. They have the pressure on now. They're in the same division as Toledo. And only one team, obviously, can represent that side of the MAC in the MAC championship game, which will probably be against Ohio or Miami of Ohio. Both teams are uh, one team seven and four; the other is five and six. So, Wah. if Western Michigan loses, or for some reason is not the Group of Five representative in the New Year's Six, then likely it's going to be the winner of the Mountain West Conference, which looks like Boise State right now. So let's or discuss. Or San Diego State. Or San Diego State. Let's discuss the Mountain West Conference championship game. If Boise State goes to a New Year's Six game, even if they beat San Diego State in the Mountain West Conference title, the Aztecs would then fall to probably the Las Vegas Bowl if the Vegas Bowl wanted to invite them. They get the, they get the first pick, essentially, the, the champ from the Mountain West, right? BYU played in that game last year because uh, it was BYU and not the Mountain West. So San Diego, yeah. If you're a BYU fan and you want San Diego State, you want Western Michigan to win. Root out. for Western Michigan. Otherwise, BYU is probably playing Wyoming. From a national perspective, the best game for BYU would be one featuring a team that is ranked. Right? We just heard that from a tweet that oh, came in. That'd be legit, man. We want BYU to play a ranked team in the bowl game. It it's, just adds that much more context and fun, Spencer. Especially given the fact that BYU's schedule did not shake out like we thought. There were name opponents, but guess what? BYU's best wins Toledo. BYU's only played one team, or sorry, BYU's only won one game against a team that's bowl eligible right now. The Rockets of Toledo. And Mississippi State, Cincinnati are four and six. They'd have to win out. So it's, it's a max three teams. BYU could have eight wins, but only three, maybe even two, maybe even one, against teams that made a bowl game. So to me, that bowl game's got to be meaningful and it's got to be a win. And then you go nine wins. Beat a, a quality team at the end, you're feeling great. That would add more meaning to this season. Now, the top-to-bottom names and toughness in terms of uh, going four of six on the road and whatnot and all that, and the teams that BYU played and just lost to, I- I'll always remember this season, but I'm not sure I'll call it the toughest schedule ever. It cooled from what we thought. We didn't think Michigan State would be that much. We thought they'd be good. We didn't think they wouldn't even go to a bowl game. Gee, Again, from a national perspective, BYU fans, you want a ranked team. For the Cougars to finish 9-4 and four with a win against a ranked team would be an amazing finish to the season. You need San Diego State to keep winning. To keep winning. San Diego State and Boise State both fall into the ranking category right now. I don't see it being Boise State. It just Ted Tolner's you know, candidates, and he did not. The, the rhetoric wasn't there. Because if there was a possibility of a rematch, he would have said so. And with stronger language to me. And, and the two teams in the top of the Mountain West Conference, they're playing really good ball, which is our stat of the day.
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The top two teams in the Mountain West are a combined 18-2. San Diego State and Boise State are 9-1. and How about that? They're good. San Diego State has a really good defense. The number one running back in the country in Donnell Pumphrey, the way he's playing statistically, that would be a fun matchup. If it's not San Diego State, I'm thinking it's Wyoming. The only way that BYU would play Boise State in the Poinsettia Bowl is if I believe the following happens. Western Michigan is the Group of Five representative for the New Year's Six Bowl game. San Diego State wins the Mountain West Conference Championship, and they opt to go to Las Vegas because then Boise State is looking at a scenario where they can play BYU in the Poinsettia Bowl or they can go to the New Mexico Bowl or stay home for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. And that's the Spuddy Buddy Bowl game. You know what I'm saying? Or they can go to a new bowl game in Arizona that I'm not sure even has a payout. (laughs) (laughs) Well, most teams lose money on a bowl game, but... So being at home would be okay. But how disappointing would that be if they're like 11-2 and two and they have to play in the Idaho Bowl? They're not going to do that. <laughs> they are not going to do that. How about this wrinkle, too? Houston is faded from existence, right? Oh, Houston, they lost to get... They were 8-2. and two. They already beat Oklahoma, who's good. They could beat Louisville. They play Louisville tomorrow. What if Houston wins and they're 9-2 and two and they win over Oklahoma and Louisville? But they're not they, in the discussion because they have two losses? They, they could enter the... and. What what are their what are their losses? They lost to uh, UCF Navy, Navy and and uh, UCF. They lost to UCF. Yeah. Okay. Scott Frost, nicely done. There he's you a, go. He's a Bronco Mendenhall doppelganger, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Bottom line is, if you want BYU to have the best potential bowl opponent in San Diego, root for Western Michigan to win and be the team in the New Year's Six. Speaking of Broncos, coming up, we go two on one with Diane Lake, but first. Former NFL and BYU linebacker David Nixon joins us to talk about who he wants to see BYU play in the Poinsettia Bowl. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation rolling right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Five weeks out from the Poinsettia Bowl. Which Mountain West Conference opponent do you want BYU to face? I just want that team to be ranked. That I don't care who it is, so it's San Diego That's, State or Boise State, yeah. be ranked. 11-2, and two, San Diego State should be ranked at the end of the year. Let's say they went out until the Mountain West Conference title game. I, I would think they'd be, they were, uh, they'd be ranked in the bowl game. Hey, we'll be live at 1.10 Eastern Time on uh, Facebook Live, the BYU, Sport, uh, BYU TV Sports page, with the offense after practice today. What's the update on uh, Jamal Williams' uh, health, Squally Canada, Algie Brown? You can find out using uh, Facebook Live. Uh, Chip Patterson uh, just tweeted about Oklahoma. He covers uh, college. Uh, he was with CBS Sports. Oklahoma just announced the launch of an app. Sooner's now the only Power 5 school with live and on-demand content on both Apple TV and Roku. Um, nope. BYU's had this for years. Nope. And enjoy. Yeah, through, through BYU TV. So. Hey, so let's blow up Chip Patterson's <laughs> timeline, shall we, BYU Sports Nation? BYU's <laughs> had this for years. I just quoted the tweet. Yeah. It's, it, it, enjoy. Listen, we all want BYU to be in a Power 5 conference, but the Cougars are doing the best they can with the resources they have. They have an unbelievable uh, digital network that's been built in for years. BYU TV, new annex. Th- things, are, things are just fine, okay? I'd love to be in a Power 5 conference, but you do the best you can with what you can control, Spencer. At 801 Salt Lake answers the Twitter question about which Mountain West Conference opponent do you want BYU to face? 
saying, Wyoming, we hate them, they hate us, makes for a great game. I was coming around to the idea. I was coming around to the idea of Wyoming until they lost to UNLV in triple overtime. Yeah, once that happened and now they're a three-loss team, probably (laughs) four after San Diego State. No. Not as intriguing. I mean, this is a – like, if I had to – if I had to – Guess who BYU is going to play at this point? I would say Wyoming. It's probably it's probably going to be Wyoming if yeah. things hold status quo. Yeah, I want San Diego State though. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is David Nixon, former NFL and BYU linebacker and a scratch golfer in training. David, last day of the year probably that you can get out and play golf, man. Tell me you're on a golf course right now. Uh- I wish. I wish. Thanks for the scratch golfer and training comment, too. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, our Twitter question is this. We were just talking about it. Five weeks out from the Poinsettia Bowl from today, uh, which Mountain West Conference opponent do you want BYU to play, David? 100% San Diego State. There's no doubt. I, saw, I heard you guys mention Wyoming. Wyoming, really? Wyoming? People want to play Wyoming? That's like literally the last team I'd want to play, <laughs> mostly because they travel all 12 of their fans down to San Diego, <laughs> and the, the entire state will be empty. And then I, I don't care if Wyoming's number one in the country. I would still not want to play them. Literally, like the, the worst matchup ever. <laughs> if they sell <laughs> certain, Wyoming. I'm telling you, when we went, we went and played up at Wyoming and Laramie. I, they couldn't even sell out their own stadium. There's still like thousands and thousands of seats empty. And I, I don't know. I, I'm definitely San Diego State. They'd be able to at least bring a crowd, hopefully with a home crowd. But uh, and you got uh, Pumphrey that's been having a good season. Um, you know, I think there's some intriguing storylines there and matchups. But then you go back to the last time BYU was in the Poinsettia Bowl. Uh, they played San Diego State, correct? Um, that's right. So I think there's, yeah, I think that's a more intriguing matchup and uh, a sexier matchup, if you will. In your experience, how much did the bowl game opponent matter to you versus the actual bowl game with its location, the gifts available, the swag, if you will, and when that game was played? Yeah, well, you got to remember, all three of my bowl games were all Las Vegas bowls, so we knew we were playing a Pac-12, which was which is pretty cool, right? I mean, it was it was awesome to be um, playing a P5 type school, um, and, but of course, location Vegas is always fun. There's so much to do there. Um, I I, di- I definitely didn't complain. Some people complained about going back to Vegas year after year. I loved it. I mean, you go down there, you get to go to one of the shows down there, um, and then you know there's just there's a lot to do at nighttime. Whenever you do have off. Uh, you can go out on the Strand and hang out. Same with San Diego. They're going to be able to walk around, uh, you know, the downtown down there and, and great weather, go to the beach, whatever it may be. But, yeah, at least when I head to Albuquerque, like they did that one year with the New Mexico Bowl or, or over to El Paso for the Sun Bowl, there could, there could be worse places to go. That was Brian Logan's uh, second bowl game was New Mexico Bowl. I was down at that. There, at least there was the Tucanos there. Uh, let's play. Let's play the reaction game. I'm going to tell you a BYU opponent. I want you to give me one line of reaction, okay? Ready? Go. San Diego State. Awesome. It could be one Love word, it. too, yeah. Wyoming. Okay. Absolutely miserable. Please do not have that happen. There was a comma in there, so it's one sentence. Air Force. <laughs> watch, your, watch your legs. <laughs> Boise State. Uh, rematches. Not fun. Alabama. Uh, we'd kill them. <laughs> <laughs> we being the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama, I, uh, it'd be fun to play Alabama, but I don't think anybody in this world yeah, is going to be able to beat Alabama. Not sure if they're going to uh, make it in the points heady ball. I just thought that one would be fun. <laughs> hey, BYU's a 30-point favorite versus uh, the University of Massachusetts football squad team. 
Uh, what are some storylines that you're going to be watching during this game, David? Well, I think coming off the SUU game, BYU, I think fans were expecting BYU to, to kind of blow them out of the water. And, I, you know, BYU took care of business, but I think there's some unfinished business in the sense that BYU had three turnovers. So there's some stuff they need to clean up. Um, UMass, I think BYU wins. Do they cover? I think the, the line's, what, 30 points? I, I don't know. That's I, I, going to be a, uh, an interesting one. I, I think UMass has the talent. I mean, you look at their quarterback, Andrew Ford. He's a, he's a Virginia Tech transfer. Um, their big play tied in, Adam Brenneman. He's a Penn State transfer. So they've got talent. They've got guys that um, have obviously had good looks and, and are talented. Uh, they just haven't put the, the wins on the table this year. You know, you look at their schedule and who they played. I mean, they played some teams tight. Mississippi State, they played them tight. Um, uh, Tulane, Florida, you know, lost 24-7 to Florida. So I, I don't think there's bad as people think they are, and, and I expect them. I mean, they really have, Kalani mentioned yesterday, they have nothing to lose. They're going to come in here and, and lay it all out, and I wouldn't be surprised if they keep it somewhat close. Um, I think still, BYU still wins by two or three touchdowns, uh, but I don't think it's a blowout like everyone's anticipating, a 45-7 to seven or 45 to nothing. I think UMass comes in, comes in and they compete. Um, and like I said, they've got the athletes that they can put on the field. They've got better athletes than SUU, no question about that. Um, and, and so, you know, if they put something together, it could be an interesting game. I want to ask you about some of the personnel particulars in terms of who you want to see on the field on Saturday. But I just can't get over the fact that you said rematches are not so fun for BYU. And in reference to Boise State, because you played UCLA – in 2007, twice, right? And you beat them in the Las Vegas Bowl. Are you telling me that you didn't want that game, but then after it happened that that, didn't, that wasn't even sweeter because you had lost to them earlier in the season? You know, it, it was sweet. Don't get me wrong. It was great to beat them. But the teams changed throughout the season, right? And, I mean, yeah, granted, we played UCLA that year early in the year, and there were injuries on both sides. Ben Olsen has started that game. Uh, that year, and then of course Ben Olson, Kevin Kraft, or, or, or I think it was Kraft that would finish this the season in the bowl game. So it's just they're two different teams, um, and I don't know. I Boise State, we're going to play them again next year, and so it's, it's almost like the, the year of UCLA where we played them three times in almost a one year span, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I feel kind of the same way about Boise State. We'll play them next year. I know the senior group would love to play them again potentially and go out to win, but. As a fan, it's fun to play different programs, and I think San Jose State, like I said, with it being in San Diego. Now, if this bowl game was, say, in, in the Bay Area, that might change things. That, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, it would be a Boise State, but with it being in San Diego and, and you have the home team there and then the crowd and everything, that's a tough thing about bowl, that bowl games. I mean, yeah, the Las Vegas Bowl, we fill that, you know, we fill that up every year with whoever we're playing, um, and, but this would be in the Qualcomm Stadium. I mean, that's a big stadium to fill. And if you if you do play a Boise State and or a Wyoming that traditionally don't travel super well, um, then you know it's going to be a big old stadium. Let's stick with Boise State. Let's say BYU did rematch with Boise State. I'm not convinced that just because Jamal Williams plays that BYU would win that game per se. I think BYU had to have five takeaways and two defensive touchdowns just to hang in that game. What what are your thoughts if BYU match up with Boise State again on green grass? <laughs> yeah. I yeah, exactly on a neutral field. Uh, you know, I think BYU would have to go in and play another flawless game and, and to win. And they didn't play a flawless game against Boise to win last time. And the fact that the offense just couldn't put up points and they couldn't they couldn't uh, turn those turnovers into points. I mean, obviously BYU had five turnovers. Two of those were two pick sixes, but off the other three turn- turnovers, they only had three points. And so um, they didn't they didn't play well. And so I think in order to beat them. They would. They would have to. They'd have to be able to turn any type of turnovers into points. And I think. I don't think I'd see a Boise State team turn over five more times. I don't, I don't think you can definitely. That was I don't wild. think you can bank on that. 
yeah, that's uh, that, it's not very typical of a Boise State team. So um, it would be a tough matchup, no doubt. I mean, look at Boise State's ranked, what, 20th? Is that what they came out with yesterday? Yeah. Um, and so, obviously, they've got the, the – you know, recognition from from national media, and um, they'd be a, they'd be a good opponent. I just once again, I just don't love I don't love rematches. Um, it's it's kind of fun as a player to to play different programs uh, and kind of prepare for a different program and uh, different players instead of going back and preparing for the same guys you played you know five six games ago. ESPN uh, just produced uh, this morning some more uh, bowl projections. Uh, Schleybaugh says San Diego State. McMurphy says Air Force. That's that's the latest. Yeah, I would definitely prefer San Diego State over yeah. over Air Force. My knees hurt, and I won't even play in that game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, although Air Force is, it is always a great game in the sense that it's it's usually pretty competitive, um, and, and there's a lot of respect between the two programs. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, San Diego State, I think as a as a fan and as a viewer, it's a much more uh, exciting game to watch than the triple option all day long. David Nixon with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, former BYU and NFL linebacker. Let's get to the personnel questions, uh, specifically Tanner Mangum, and how much do you want to see Tanner Mangum play against UMass on Saturday? Ideally, it would be the same type of setup we saw against SUU, where, where Taysom goes in, Taysom gets his numbers, um, you know, gets a healthy lead, and then Tanner can come in and, and run the offense. Uh, you know, I, I, will that happen at UMass? I don't know. I, like I said, I'm I'm uh, I, I'm erring more on the side that that this might be a closer game than everyone's predicting. But thirty points, man. Hey, that's that's what people are predicting. I, I just don't know if that if BYU can cover that. Um, I mean, BYU hasn't been able to put up big numbers this year, uh, and this offense isn't meant to score big numbers and 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 score quickly, right? This is a very methodical type of offense that takes its time and chews up time on the clock in the meantime. So, um, you know, to score thirty more points in UMass. And I think I think they're going to have some big plays. I, I think they'll be able to get to Brenham and, and their and their stars and Marcus Young, uh, Marquise Young, the running back. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what it, how it plays out. But uh, yeah, I would love to see Tanner get in. I, I think any rep at this point in the season, especially with you know this, I think BYU wins this. And so any any type of win where we can get him in and, and get him some reps are, are obviously very valuable. So um, you know if, if it's the fourth quarter or maybe get him another series like we saw with the second quarter that was a planned. You know that was a planned deal where they brought him in at the beginning of the second quarter of the first series and took him back out just to get his feet wet, and then he obviously came in in relief at the end of the game. So um, hopefully that's kind of the same plan they're going to go with this game. Uh, I think the game will obviously dictate and see how close it is and if BYU can jump out to an early lead. Colby Pearson uh, joked that all the receivers were going to put their names in a hat, and one of them would pull out a name, and they would just target that guy because they haven't had a hundred-yard receiver this this year. Is that is that something to watch for you? Uh, BYU trying to get a hundred yard receiver for the first time in game eleven. Yeah, obviously, that'd be a great thing. But I, I, you know, beyond the hundred yard receiver, I thought it was great. Twelve different receivers caught a pass against SUU, and I I like that distribution better. I, I think that that shows that both Taysom and Tanner are both going through their progressions. Um, you know, maybe that hundred yard receiver they're looking for was covered or, or double covered, and so they were able to go through and, and find the check down or, or, or go back to their second read. So. I think that shows that's a positive sign for fans in the sense that quarterbacks are doing their job. And we broke down the film for AFR. Uh, we saw that both quarterbacks were doing a great job of looking at their number one, number two, and then checking down to either KJ Hall or Braden O'Bakery. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I think that was a positive sign. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. No 100 yard receiver for the whole season. That's, uh, that's obviously not a great sign. 
David, always entertaining, especially when we talk about Wyoming as a potential bowl game opponent for BYU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you can't tell, I am a little anti-Wyoming this year, but uh, we'll keep it that. All right, Dave, thanks for the time, man. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, guys. David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. We need to clip off that initial reaction. No, please no. No, no way. No. Anybody but Wyoming. Did you ever see a game in Laramie? I have never watched BYU play in Laramie. I did. I've seen a couple games there. You're not missing anything. <laughs> I in, remember in fact, Lee Johnson telling us a story about him uh, kicking a ball and, and then breaking the new scoreboard in Laramie. Brand new scoreboard, and he punted the heck out of the ball. <laughs> Boom! Right into the scoreboard and broke some lights or something. He was so happy. It was an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only working lights in Laramie at the time, so that was very disappointing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That destroyed the Cowboys' athletic budget for the year. <laughs> now, hey, if it's Wyoming, there'll be some fun storylines there. Well, because it's we not, talk uh, like this yeah. they, and they don't like well, BYU. Well, yeah, this is why, because BYU's this is condescending. What this yeah. is what would make it fun. Yeah, listen, with certain opponents, I will have a condescending tone. It makes it more fun. <laughs> We're not like doing canned food drives with each other. It's football. Let's enjoy. Lavelle uh, Edwards, I'd rather lose and live in Provo than win and live in Laramie. It goes back to that, right? It goes back to that. That's how it is, man. Five weeks out from the Poinsettia Bowl. And which we Mount- wonder why the Mountain West hate, <laughs> doesn't like BYU. Wyoming specifically. Too good for you. Which Mountain West Conference opponent do you want BYU to face at C-O-L underscore James 83 says SDSU, better national name recognition with Pumphrey, great running back, yep. better turnout, let Jamal Finch show who the better running back is. Get back to the Jamal Finch. Coming up, big deal, no deal, but first, we're two-on-one with BYU freshman DB Diane Lake. Welcome back, sports friends, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio w- Vision. W-Y-O! Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Hoops night tomorrow. Ball night against Coppin State Eagles on BYU TV and BYU Radio, 9 Eastern time. Check it out tomorrow night. Game two for the Cougars uh, against Coppin State. They play Coastal Carolina Saturday on BYU TV as well, 9.30 Eastern. Then they go to, Those are part of the uh, MGM Grand main event tournament. So those two games. Then they go down to Vegas, and that's, that's awesome that uh, BYU is going to have St. Louis Monday and then the winner of Alabama Valpo, uh, or or I guess loser, depending on what happens Monday. St. Louis, not great, so I anticipate BYU will beat yeah, that team. in the title game. I'd like a rematch with Valpo. Speaking of rematches, I'd like a rematch with Valpo. I just want another excuse to talk to Valpo alum Adam Amin of ESPN. We need we need revenge. Yes. The, what are they, Crusaders? The Crusaders of Valparaiso. Of Valparaiso? Bryce, mm-hmm. The Bryce, fighting Bryce Drews? That they the fighting are. fighting Adam Amin's? In the state of Indiana. Basketball State. Valpo. There you go. We are three days away from BYU and UMass football. That is our headline of headlines today. Yesterday, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki said cornerback Diane Lake is now starting over senior Michael Davis. We are two-on-one with the redshirt freshman defensive back Diane Lake in just a minute. Nick Emery is ranked 93rd in ESPN's Top 100 Best NCAA Basketball Players for the 2016-17 season. I wonder if Nick's even the best player on this team. That's a great, that's a great situation for the Cougars. Jimmer Fredette had 36 points and 16 rebounds, huh? but his Shanghai Sharks dropped their first game of the season in the Chinese Basketball Association regular season. Who cares if they lose? It's all about buckets for Jimmer, man. He's mm-hmm. not getting paid whether they win or lose. Come on! Drama. Will he average 40? <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be pretty crazy. <laughs> BYU Women's Hoops plays at Georgia tonight. Game two for the Cougars, who are 1-0 after beating Utah Valley. Tonight, 7 Eastern on BYU Radio. There are a couple of things that you need to know about Diane Lake, the redshirt freshman defensive back for BYU. Yes, he has worked his way into a starting role over Michael Davis. He's a really good player. Has two big interceptions. One of them got returned for a pick six at Boise State. He went to my alma mater, Northridge High School in Layton, Utah. So we have that unique bond. We will talk about that in our two-on-one conversation. Hey, don't act like you don't bring it up when you Copper Hills Grizzly is mentioned, Jerem. It's just so rare. <laughs> and he might have the lowest voice I've ever heard. Uh, I'm dying like I'm retro freshman. He, yeah, it's so deep. We're two-on-one so with the freshman defensive back, Diane Lake. Diane Lake. It's always an honor and a privilege to be joined by a fellow Northridge Knight on BYU Sports Nation. Diane Lake. It, it is, Northridge. Yeah, beat my high school uh, my senior year in the state playoffs football. It's great, Spencer. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, <laughs> Diane Lake. To be here. No. <laughs> Practice field, just chilling. Now, you, you were uh, getting some advice from Micah Simon before we started this interview. What was he telling you to do? To I don't know, ask who the better who the best receiver is and who's why do he, why don't I go on his side? But the real reason is because he looks more like OBJ, so I try to stay away from Micah's side and just stay on the left side with a little easier receiver. So make myself look good. <laughs> <laughs> he's a redshirting <laughs> freshman who is going to be a good player, I think, next year. Yeah, or sorry, yeah. he's a uh, sophomore, I think. But. Now you had the opportunity to get into the end zone this year, and we want to talk to you about that on, on the show. What is it like? When you realize, I'm going to score a touchdown for the defense. Ooh, it's the best feeling because you don't get that a lot. So when the defense guy scores, it's like, dang. But I wasn't trying to celebrate too hard because guys get on you. Like, you got to act like you've been there and the rest are, like, getting their flags ready to throw. So you just got to act like you've been there before. Even though it was my first time, it felt good. <laughs> you hadn't been there before. That's the funny thing, yeah. <laughs> I know you just got to act like it, though, so, you know. <laughs> That was against Boise State, and that was a fantastic play, one of two uh, pick-sixes for the BYU defense. Later, on the replay, we discovered that that line was not straight. What did, what did you see after the game about the line on the sideline there? It gave you a couple inches of sand. Yeah, I think someone like tagged me on the post. I think it was one of you guys or someone tagged me on the post and showed the Boise State sideline. And I was like, yeah, if I were like size 12 and a half even, because I were like 11 and a half, 12, then I'd be out. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, thank you, boys. I tried to find the equipment people to go, <laughs> to go thank them. <laughs> but I think I get in trouble for that probably. But, you know, I was grateful that the line was like that, all curvy and stuff. So. The Mountain West money. Yeah, fantastic stuff. <laughs> Six and four, bowl eligible. Uh, now headed to San Diego and the Poinsettia Bowl, but you've got two games left. It's hard not to focus on San Diego in December, but you got some business to take care of. So uh, how do you not overlook UMass and Utah State and, and think too much about the bowl game? Uh, coach, well, Coach already gave us, like, the big news and stuff and all the stuff we're going to get a bowl game and that we're bowl eligible. But we're just focusing on UMass right now and then Utah State, obviously. But uh, UMass, like, they're a good team. Everyone's thinking, like, oh, look at their record. But they're a good team. Like, they stayed in the game with Florida, uh, South Carolina. So we're not, like – downgrading them or anything we're just treating them like another team like ucla all those other teams we played and they're a fellow independent it's not a conference but sort of right you need you need to respect the fellow independent yeah we figured this is like the independent championship kind of <laughs> <laughs> the independent championship yeah. this is the last game against the independent school so it's a championship game right now <laughs> we wish it was notre dame but it's umass yeah that's how it works what you mentioned uh, some of the gifts you were told what you're going to get for the bowl game which is like you know bowl game we get a lot of gear yeah. so 
a lot of kids are looking forward to that. We check our lockers every day, see if there's anything new, but same, just towels so far. But coach said, <laughs> coach said they're going to be there soon, yeah. so hopefully we see them late, like this week or something. If something doesn't fit, you know who to call, okay? All right, I got you. <laughs> what size are you? <laughs> medium. Yeah, medium. Yeah. Hopefully it fits you. If it doesn't fit, then you got me with a medium. That's yeah, I got I you. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to help out a Copper Hills Grizzly. This is That's about true. You'd probably high school alums here, right? I get it. I'll call Silver Siliaga on the Seahawks. Fine. <laughs> We're Diane Lake, uh, defensive back for BYU. You take care of Southern Utah. How do you feel like BYU got better in that game on Saturday? Uh, just like our techniques, like that's one thing we emphasize on defense, like techniques and assignments. And Southern Utah, we didn't overlook them either, but just like as a competition, we just figured we, this is a time to work on our techniques, get ready for the bowl games, the other games coming up, Utah State, UMass and all that. And your development's been good this year. What's it been like to, you redshirted last year and now you've you've started, you played a lot. What's it been like for you this season? It's been exciting because last year, I don't know, it was like kind of depressing, I guess, for me because I wanted to come in, play, at least get some playing time, even if I didn't have to like, start with the whole coaching staff. But uh, coming in this year and like being an impact to the team and helping the team like on kickoff, special teams, however, you, uh, it's just been good and exciting. And I just try to get better and better each game. Where has Coach Gennaro Guilford helped you develop in your personal game as a defensive back? Oh, that would have to be staying patient because in high school I was just like, oh, I'm going to get this dude. And I just go up and just jam him, try to lunge. And, of course, I'd get them because they're slower in high school. But here uh, I used to just still do, try to do the same thing, lunge, but the shoes are better and they'll, like, avoid you. And so he just, like, helped me be more patient and, like, keep moving my feet and before my hands and all that. So that helped a lot. Who's the toughest receiver you've played against this season? Uh, It would probably have to be – Number eight from uh, Mississippi State. He Ross? Fred Ross. Ross. He was good. He's a good route runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's fast. <laughs> What's it been like to play? You've played really eight really tough games, and then the back four. It's those are still some quality programs, but not as tough. So, how, how have you guys managed the kind of uneven uh, scheduler? We just well, the first start of our schedule, everyone knew it was going to be hard, and uh, we won the games we had to win, and we could have won more, obviously. But we just kept going. That's how we we try to play the same against these other teams too. Even though they're not as high as an p- opponent, we try still try to play the same and don't play down a level or anything. Just stay a high level. Other than redshirt receiver Micah Simon, who is the toughest BYU receiver you go up <laughs> against in practice? In practice, besides our avatars, Nick and Merle and I, <laughs> I call them avatar receivers, and they vocal out there. He's barely had to catch. He's barely had to catch on me, but. <laughs> Yeah, those guys are like, I don't know, they're hard to guard just because they're like 6'6", six, 6'5". Six, six, they're hard to guard, but the quickest one would probably, the hardest one would probably be Jonah or Bo Tanner because it's so shifty and quick and it's just hard to stay with them. Very good stuff. All right, Diane, we appreciate the time. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the game uh, against UMass on Saturday. Uh, I just want everyone to watch the game and keep cheering us on and fill the stadium, obviously, because we don't like when the stadium's empty. <laughs> Diane Lake. Redshirt freshman defensive back for BYU. <laughs> the avatars. And the avatar receivers, <laughs> MLP and Nick Kurtz. Uh, tall, lanky, blue. <laughs> Guys, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, he's a good In player. In the blue jerseys, sure. And he's, uh, he's grown a lot this year, like obviously, because now he's earned his way into a starting role. Yeah, listen, there was a lot of talk about how good Michael Davis is at the beginning of the year. I still think Michael Davis is a good player. He is a good player. The fact that Diane Lake has planted him is uh, great because BYU is running 
uh, too deep a lot. Some threes get into the game consistently. Our Twitter question today, five weeks out from the Poinsettia Bowl, which Mountain West Conference opponent do you want BYU to face? We'll have more of your tweets on the way after this. But first, it's big deal, no deal. Jimmer Fredette averaging less than 40 points a game. What a disappointment. And women's volleyball signs four more to their dynasty program. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you miss an episode of this show live, then you can watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Perhaps you missed our conversation about why Western Michigan and Toledo have anything to do with determining BYU's Poinsettia Bowl game opponent. But they do. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. That, that has to do with BYU. Absolutely. And uh, if you missed After Further Review last night, fear not, it's coming up next on BYU TV, 1 p.m. Eastern. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, David Nixon. They break down the game, Southern Utah specifically, and preview UMass. It's coming up next, 1 p.m. Eastern. We are exactly five weeks away from the Poinsettia Bowl for BYU. They are awaiting a Mountain West Conference opponent. Which one do you Want BYU to face at Cool Cougar says a ranked San Diego State would be awesome. A quality win to finish the season and Taysom Hill's career. Hashtag finish big. That would be nice because uh, the legacy of Taysom Hill is a conversation for another day. That's an interesting conversation too. Eight and eight versus Power Five teams as a career starter in those opportunities. That's pretty good. He's been the quarterback of Independence though, right? He has been the quarterback. Of independence, like we could Photoshop like a like his face on an eagle with like a like a a mus a muscle beefy arm coming out of the back there. <laughs> he is the trogdor. Taysom Hill is the trogdor of BYU football independence. He's he's the independent for, what's that, for what that's worth. Maybe that's a big deal, no deal topic for another day. Eight and eight versus Power Five teams for Taysom Hill. Yeah, yeah, we can discuss that later. In fact, let's uh, roll out five other big deal, no deal topics. Big deal. No deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. Big deal, no deal. Toledo is the only team that BYU has beaten with a record above 500. Is Andrew trying to sound like Diane Lake? That's my first question there. Uh, I'll go go big deal. Uh, Big deal. We thought this schedule... This is a big deal. BYU's one win against a team above 500. BYU cannot control this. So there's that angle of it. But the second is, this schedule did not shape out uh, the way we thought. We thought a lot of these teams would be better. But BYU won the games. Uh, they should win. Uh, and then there were others that those teams are really good. One or two losses in three of those four. Um, so I'll go big deal with Toledo. Yeah, this is a big deal because if BYU had two wins against teams with a record above 500, then they would have another major signature win. Yeah. Like and they the, might be ranked right now. Like Seriously. The, the signature win? There's no signature win. Toledo's not a signature if win. If BYU had beaten West Virginia or yes. Utah yes. or Boise. UCLA even Boise early State. in the season or Boise State, then how even, much different yeah. do you feel about this season? Because now it's like, well, they've got a shot at 10 wins. And again, like I said, they might be ranked right now if they are, what, seven and three? They, they would not based on what we see in the rankings, but they would be close after the end of the regular season, yeah. like you said. Man. Yeah, so that's a big deal to me. Number two. 
Big deal, no deal. BYU is a 30-point favorite versus UMass. No deal. UMass stinks. They're 2-8. I know they put up 28 against uh, South Carolina, 35 against Mississippi State, but they're 2-8. They stink. They, they played four Power 5 opponents. They were up 14 nothing on Troy, who is now ranked 25th in the AP. But it's, this is going to be a blowout win for BYU, whether it's 21 or 41. I think this is a big deal because I think 30 is too high. It is too high. I think 30 points is way too high. Like, disrespect to UMass? That is absolutely. Vegas disrespects UMass. Holy cow. They have zero faith in that team's ability to travel across the country. And maybe that factors into it as well. Playing at elevation after going 2-8, and eight, that's the end of the season. You're kind of worn out. He's not 10-0. They're 6-4. They're 6-4. And, and this team put up some good points against Mississippi State. They scored more points against Mississippi State than BYU did. And that game went to overtime in Provo. Interesting. Number three. Okay, Spencer and Jam, this one is kind of a sad one right here. Big deal, no deal. Jimmer Fredette, after only scoring 36 points this morning, is averaging only 39.6 points per game. In Below China. 40! Uh, big deal. Jimmer's getting buckets in China. That's great. I'm happy for him. I really am. He's making money. He's having fun. Uh, yeah, 39.6 points per game. That's fantastic. I don't even care who the competition is. Whatever. He's averaging almost 40. Jimmer Fredette, this is no deal. Jimmer Fredette's averaging 39.6 points per game. <laughs> Why is that no deal? Because I want it to be 40. <laughs> wow, you sound like me. <laughs> only because I predicted. Four! Only because I predicted that he would average 40's, more than 40 at the beginning of the season. He had 16 rebounds. That's the big deal. Well, Jimmer, it's fun. It's, I've watched a couple of uh, highlight segments that have been like seven or eight minutes long. This, they've taken that long because he's scoring so many points. Yeah, It's fun to see him go Buckets. out and do his thing again. <laughs> Jimmer McBuckets. Bacio Gaywalt. Number four. Big deal, no deal. BYU basketball is now number 48 in Ken Palm rating, higher than any of its remaining non-conference opponents. I go big deal on this because this team needs to go like 10-3 in non-conference play. If BYU's the best, uh, is better than its remaining non-conference opponents... That bodes well for the Cougars. Um, it doesn't bode well, per se, for maybe down the stretch for notable wins in March. But uh, I think that BYU has some games that could be solid. I think this season is more about winning a quantity of games versus the amount of quality. Because I'm not sure that it's going to be like t- any team uh, in the top like 35 out of this group in non-conference play at the end of the season. This is a big deal because BYU got that signature NCAA tournament resume win. And I think it will hold true because I think Princeton's going to win 25 games. I just don't want it to be number one. I want it to be like number four. They got an early one. My point is, BYU is feeling confident about any other team they face in the non-conference schedule because right now... There's not a team they can't beat. Exactly. They beat Princeton. They beat the team that that, that was their toughest challenge, right? Princeton's still rated ahead of BYU in Ken Palm. 44th. BYU beat them head-to-head in Provo, albeit, but they beat them in Provo. So that is a big deal to me because BYU is now feeling confident. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU Softball releases its non-conference schedule. The Cougar Whip Around is loaded and more of your Mountain West Conference opponents you want BYU to see in the Poinsettia Bowl. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. <laughs> Help when you need it most. Oh, it's time for the Cougar do Whip Around. Football. We're three days away from BYU and UMass. Yesterday, defense coordinator Elisa Tuiaki said cornerback Diane Lake's now starting over senior Michael Davis. 
ESPN's latest bowl projections have BYU playing San Diego State, according to Mark Schlebaugh. Brett McMurphy says BYU and Air Force will match up in San Diego. Men's basketball. Nick Emery is ranked 93rd in ESPN's top 100 best NCAA basketball players for the 2016-17 season. Yahoo Sports called BYU's Lone Peak 3 one of the winners from the 24-hour tip-off marathon, saying the Cougars, quote, could be dangerous as soon as this year, end quote. Jimmer! Fredette had 36 points, 16 rebounds in the first loss of the season for the Shanghai Sharks. Women's basketball. The ladies opened up the season with a win at Utah Valley. Now a major test in the SEC at Georgia tonight, 7 Eastern. Listen live on BYU Radio. Volleyball. Cougars are the highest-ranked top mid-major by Volleyball Magazine. BYU also announced four new signees. Taylin Ballard, who's an All-American. She's legit. Allison Stapleton. Sarah Hampson, sister of Jennifer. She's 6'7". And Sydney Martindale. Softball. BYU announced their new season schedule, which includes three teams that finished last season ranked in the top ten. They have loaded it up again. Gordon Eakin is not messing around. They will face a team from every Power Five conference. Gymnastics. Cougars announced four new signees. Haley Pateau, Abby Miner, Abby Beeston, and Melanie Lockhart. Future guests include UMass football coach Mark Whipple. What does he think of independence? Whipple. They're a fellow independent. This is a big independent matchup, right? Since there are only four of us, yes. Steve Cleveland <laughs> will join us as well to talk BYU basketball. He's on the call for BYU Coppin State on Thursday night. And the WCC Defense Player of the Year, Taylor Isom, on a game day for fourth-ranked women's soccer tomorrow. They play Oklahoma tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, the Sooners ranked number 25, a spot in the Sweet 16 on the line. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jerem? Jimmer. 36 points, but more importantly, 16 rebounds. He's not just a scorer, Spencer. He's a rebounder, apparently. <laughs> Five weeks away from the Poinsettia Bowl, which Mountain West opponent do you want BYU to face? Our elite tweet of the day, at SA underscore BYU fan. Utah! Oh, wait. That'd be fun. Thanks to David Nixon, Diane Lake, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Todd and answers the question, Wyoming, because safety dance. That was pretty fantastic. Thanks to David Nixon and Diane Lake and everyone on our crew. The conversation goes 24-7, show on demand. Download the podcast. Shout out to Dennis Palmer.